Hello, coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to Her Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories from amazing women who have reinvented their careers or lives. Could be total changes, could be side hustles. I'm Stephanie Pierce, mother of three, wife of one, former corporate exec, and now I am the founder and CEO of StephPierce.com. And I am Julie Burton, founder of Modern Well, a female-centered co-working space in Minneapolis. And I'm the author of The Self-Care Solution, A Modern Mother's Must-Have Guide to Health and Well-Being. And I'm a mother and a wife. In each episode, Julie and I will bring you these awesome stories about the power, pain, and laughs that come from change. Are you ready for your next chapter? Hello, Stephanie. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm Looks great. Like somebody's in my seat. I know. I I mean, Stephanie is virtual today. I am sitting next to our wonderful guest. I can't think of anybody better to be sitting in my seat. I right. gotta say. I know. It's so, so, so exciting. So we have today the wonderful Mary Welsh. Mary is a Modern Well Advisory Board member. <laughs> we have to lead with that because that's the most important role in your Let's life, right, ours. Mary? Yes. <laughs> um, she's also a Modern Well founding member. And then, you know, she also has to work, right? So she she just has this little job over at United Health, just just a tiny little job um, as an SVP and Chief Security Officer. At United Health. Wow. We'll just do a mic drop right there. Um, yes. <laughs> I know. Let's just take that in. And also, very excitingly, she is now the founder of Aniko, um, which is a I don't know exactly if, if we say a jewelry company. I guess it's a jewelry a company. A jewelry company yes. with meaning she'll talk all about yeah. that. Um, so Mary Welsh, we are so happy to welcome Thank you. you here today. We, so we we just we really um I didn't do a long, long intro because I really want you all, all of our listeners, to hear Mary's story in Mary's words. So, but thank you for joining us today. We oh, are so happy you're here. Thank you. You know, thank I can't you, think of a better way to spend my Friday <laughs> with Julie and Steph, who I have just adore. I respect. You are both so inspirational to me. And so to surround yourself by strong women like you, it's just a fantastic way to spend my morning. So, um, with you. that, uh, you know, I will I'll tell you all about my history and my background and some of my professional experiences that have, um, I'll expand on other pieces of my background more than others, and you'll know why later. But first, yeah, so thank so, you for yeah. having me. Yes, no, we, we love it, and we, we're just waited, waiting with bated breath to hear your story. <laughs> and I, you know, Mary and I have been friends for, for a while, and She's got a lot of stories and some of them you'll hear. I never tire of of listening to Mary's life stories because they they really are so cool and exciting and like none like any of ours. Okay, I'm going to just tease that out. Um, I'm going <laughs> to tease that out. But first of all, before we get into your exciting, interesting, compelling story, tell us about as we ask all of our all of our guests, what does reinvention mean to you, Mary? Well, reinvention means to me embracing my creative spirit. 
And I would say with the launch of Aniko, just really honestly a couple weeks ago, that to me is really, for me, putting my energy into an idea, seeing it through the development iteration, and then finally coming to life. That whole process is creative. I'd say for many years, I thought creativity meant you had to be a visual artist, right? And you had to, I had to be a sculptor, a painter, or an illustrator. And trust me, you never want me on your Pictionary team. I am a horrible (laughs) artist. I cannot draw a person to save my life. But what I have found, though, is I like to problem solve. And I like, so I love doing puzzles. I like playing cards. I just recently learned how to play Mahjong, which I think is incredibly difficult, but super but super challenging. So that kind of problem solving I put into my professional life where I take big problems at large organizations and try to you know find a better path forward. I've taken that into my personal life where I, again, with Aniko, try to find a an issue that I feel really strongly about, or maybe it's a process. I'll talk about my love for cooking later. How do I improve the process that we can cook at home? Um, so that to me is creative. And when I feel like I'm having a bad day, if I'm creative and I use my hands and I stretch my brain, I I find my cup is filled. I get to you know I get that energy back, and it's through using my creative mind. I love that so much, like directly tying reinvention with creativity. Yeah. And it's so real, right, Steph? I mean, like you you have to like kick in that creative side of your brain to reinvent, right? Because if you're just doing the same thing, you're doing the same thing. Then if you want to change something, you have to like open up that space in your brain to do something different, to let the light shine in differently, right? And I think it helps too because some of us, don't necessarily see ourselves as creative. Like we put a big C on creative and we make it mean I am, you know, designing apps or Correct. something mm-hmm. that is really grandiose when in fact it's what you just described, Jules. And I think that's really important that there is, somebody told me this on um, the podcast, there is creativity in everybody. And so I love giving people the ability to find that, right? Mm -hmm. Opening their minds to that. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Okay. So, so your story, Mary. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I'm going to take a different approach. So my creative side, right? Love it. And I I think a lot, and there's nothing wrong with it. A lot of people start with kind of when I was young, I wanted to do this. So I'm going to go backwards. Mm. I'm going to start with kind of the present Mm. day and kind of go backwards with sort of how did my previous experience kind of lead to where I am today. And I'd say going backwards, the most interesting piece of the last couple of the last month is that I, I just launched a Nico. And I'm going to talk what that means. First of all, I'm a dog lover and I have a dog name Nico, N-I-K-O. And so when I first told my daughter that I was going to call this company a Nico, she kind of <laughs> looked at me and said, you mean like after Nico? And I said, <laughs> no, but... Um, I but, thought that too, actually. Did you? <laughs> yes. I know how much you love your dog. <laughs> I know. My dog is amazing. I have two dogs. I can't let Tucker feel like he's left out. So Aniko actually means the word belong in Greek. And I was really thinking about at the time, um, and th- there is sort of a convoluted story, but we have time. I'm going to tell this story. So Aniko really started two years ago, 2019. 
And I had a friend, I still have a friend, uh, his name's Ian Grant. He is an Emmy Award winning um, filmmaker, producer. And I just have to do a sidebar about Ian and do a call out, shout out to Culture Quest, which is his new television series. Ian is the most humble, just most, he's so interesting. He has traveled the world and we have been friends since our children were in daycare. Mm. And when I first met Ian, I knew he had won an Emmy. And so when I was at his house, I said, Ian, can I, can I see your Emmy? <laughs> Never seen one. Like, what does it look like? So he took me upstairs and we enter his son's playroom. And there in like the corner of the playroom underneath Legos and action figures is this Emmy. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> what are you doing? And he said, well, you know, my son kind of thought it was cool. And I think now today he's moved it into another room where it's more on display. But that's just Ian. You know, he's very approachable. He He's so humble. But Ian and I have been talking over the years about our passions and just things that we're really interested in. And my love for the the world and that this and I'll, you'll hear more about kind of how I got exposed to the world around us. And he was talking about making this television show. This has been his dream for, I mean, for years he's been working on this. And he told me about these amazing women he was going to meet on his journey. It was one of those aha moments where I said, oh my gosh, I want them to know that I think they're amazing. Like what they're doing in their local communities, whatever it is, they need to know that someone in the U.S., and I don't even know them, I want to give them some kind of visual reminder that I think I believe in what they're doing. So I gave Ian some bracelets that he hand-delivered, and he gave them with my handwritten note that just said, uh, someone in the U.S. believes in what you're doing. And I, I don't know their name. I have photographs of them. I hope they do look down at their wrists sometime and think I'm making a difference. And if you go on the Aniko website... You'll see a lot, you know, there's some more details on there of who these women are. But what I realized from that is that you can make change and you can uh, shape your own future in your own way. And every environment has different challenges. Every individual has different obstacles. But if you are true to trying to pave your own path forward, I, I, I believe you can do that. But you sometimes need support and a reminder that you have the right to do that and you should do that. So fast forward two years uh, Ian launches his show, and he does the opening. We did it at Modern Well. That's yeah, amazing. Yes. And uh, I said, Ian, wouldn't it be cool if we just gave bracelets to all of the guests who participate? So I spent, you know, a long weekend, and I made bracelets. They look, you know, they look very similar. They're not exactly the same, but they're similar. And I said, you know, let's give these to your guests. And so when I when I gave these bracelets out, so many people said, oh, my gosh, Mary, this is such an amazing gift. Will you – can I buy them? And I thought, well, I wasn't planning on selling them, but okay, well, you know, why not? And so fast forward, that was now – now we're in December. Now I'm selling them. And it kind of turned into now this bracelet company that really has this purposeful meaning behind each bracelet. The Lava Rock Fire Bracelet is the first bracelet that I'm launching – and it's really about connecting to that inner fire. And um, I think that fire has been within me for so many years. It's manifests itself in different ways. And I want to give every strong woman and girl the inspiration to have the fire, to initiate change, believe in what they're doing, and kind of take control of their future. And so that's what the Lava Rock bracelet is about. 
And the other areas I've, I really do want to expand it to have more of a philanthropic angle in the future. And so the first one I'll be looking at, I've created is the adoption bracelet. So I am adopted. I came from Korea when I was at a young age. And so this connection to the adoption community is really um, strong. It's part of who I am. Um, so just a visual recognition that you're adopted and you're supported by the the triangle of adoption, which is if you it's it's the, it's a triangle because you have the adoptee and then really the two families that support the adoptee. Um, and then the second bracelet I'll be launching soon is the Alzheimer's awareness bracelet. My mm-hmm. my dad, unfortunately, he passed away from Alzheimer's, and my mom is in a care facility for Alzheimer's. And so just the idea we're not gonna. We're not going to solve, we're not going to find the cure in her lifetime, but it's there. And so just to support the organizations that um, are looking at Alzheimer's research, it's a, a very hard disease to um, to to watch. Um, yeah, so, but, and then there's so many others, you know, breast cancer awareness, we have hunger awareness, we have Parkinson's awareness. My father-in-law just passed away of Parkinson's. So you could go on and on. And so I'm going to start there because those are the um, initiatives that are important to me. And I plan to expand it over time. So that's my recent reinvention. Mm, And uh, so the thing is, is, well, Mary, how do you find time to do that? So I'm going to go with my day job. Um, my day job is I'm, I'm the chief security officer at United Health Group. You know, amazing, right? To be the head of security at a Fortune 10 company. I'm always saying this. I'm so proud. United Health Group is the largest company in the world to have a female in my role. So I think that's great. Yay. And just in general, women are really underrepresented in my field. And I think that has to do with just historically, uh, you know, and again, you go back to sort of that creativity. I'm really trying to, even within my own professional environment, change the way that people think about security. Mm-hmm. So it's it's traditionally been, you think of security at a company, you might have your own vision of, you know, guards and locks and, you know, you know physical security controls. And I really look at it as we are there to support the people of our organization. So are we providing the best um, training, awareness, um, support for the people who might be experiencing security issues and risks within their work environment. So that's probably our number one focus. And that has everything from training on workplace violence prevention to managing threat cases to managing risks when uh, our employees are traveling to internal investigations. So that all kind of encompasses the the kind of uh, the, the traditional components of a security program. But on the other side, I'm also trying to stretch the way that we think of security. So when people say, well, you're the head of security, I, I always try to say, you know, I'm a business leader at United Health Group with the security expertise. And so I try, for us, we, I really want us to be very business focused. And so even though we're very specialized, we really can't lose sight of why we're, why, you know, who we are as a company and what we do as a company. And I, our mission's very strong. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I always encourage my team to listen to our investor calls, you know, participate in our quarterly meetings, you know, um, understand the business, engage the business, and then come up with creative solutions to help them mitigate their security risk. So that's my day job. And I, you know, I love the fact that I can, I'm in a role where I can innovate and shape the program and 
again, stretch the way that we think about things. I take people who have zero experience, zero security experience. A lot of people might think, well, you need to be in law enforcement or you need to have a security background. I like to take the person who is a social worker or somebody who's in marketing or communications and put them in the environment. And we can teach them security, but some of those other skill sets, you, you can't teach them. And so we're trying to find that balance. And so that diversity within my team is really important. It's not just ethnic diversity, it's skill set diversity that helps shape the balance within our team. So that's my day job. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to make a statement, Mary, not a question. And then I'll turn it over to my delightful partner, Jules, with a question. <laughs> okay. And my statement is just simply that I just love you. Just oh, you're mm, so sweet. Right? <laughs> All the loves. I do love. Uh, it's so nice to feel loved. I don't even want to say I love what you're saying, although I do. I love what you're doing. I love that too. But I just love you. Oh, I mm, just she's so lovable. Mm. <laughs> represent so many great and wonderful things. Okay. Thank you. Over to you, Jules. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I know. And and I literally, I, like, I, I could, I mean... Mary, as you can hear, listeners, I mean, she's she's just actually really one of the most thoughtful people that I have ever met in my life. Oh, now I'm going to cry. That's so (laughs) sweet. Like, like there's thoughtful. I, the capital T. She's it. Right. I mean, there's thoughtful, and then there's and then there's Mary, and like Mary, thoughtful is like, oh, your daughter just got engaged, who I've never met. But I have a bracelet for her that I made and for her fiance, a, a male a male version of a bracelet. So you're going to see your daughter in New York. So I want you to take these bracelets that I made for, I didn't even have a gift for my daughter. Okay. <laughs> well, here's my personal favorite. So I'm the chief security officer of a Fortune 10 company that, you know, pretty much everybody's heard of chief security officer. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, hello. <laughs> hello. And yeah. by the way, I'm also have a side gig around making bracelets and jewelry, right? Like, <laughs> right. I, I think <laughs> for every human who has those two parts of them, mm-hmm. right. It's yeah. just, I just think Mary's story reminds us all that you can be multidimensional you can and those dimensions don't even have to necessarily touch or make sense to other people it's about you know bringing about what is inside of you that fire inside of you that creativity inside of you to do the things that you want to do and giving people women in particular the permission to do that is huge to me well and Steph I mean as you know our listeners don't know well, maybe they've Googled Mary, but they won't even see because Mary's security, right? So she she's protected it's online. A low profile, <laughs> um, right? So she's not. You're not going to find right. Mary. I mean, you know, you got to. <laughs> there's some security clearances that you have to get through, and you won't um, to get to her. But but that's just like some of what she does, right? I mean, she sits on boards. She, I mean, she she's so giving of every moment of her time that it, it it's it's actually mind-boggling so let's talk about mary how someone becomes the chief of security <laughs> at a fortune 10 
company. Right. Um, can you walk us through yeah. um, the, the lead up to that and where you were before? So Julie loves... I love this she story. She loves this story. <laughs> and, you know, before I answer, you know, part of my reinvention is also becoming comfortable with this. I mean, being... Have you know being interviewed and getting out there and becoming more present in the public eye, and I'd say that things that motivate me to want to do things like this and also be um, more visible online is can others you know maybe uh, you know relate to it and can I can I touch somebody else's life in a positive way? So that's what's motivating me. The reason why I haven't been so visible online is it's security, but I also, I'll say I'll start where I worked in the federal government for for many years, and I'm comfortable now telling everyone that I worked at the CIA, at the Central Intelligence Agency. I still get the chills. Yeah, so, and you know, it's funny because I have this passion for cooking, and you know, kind of in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could be in the CIA, the agency and then go to the CIA Culinary Institute of America. Like, wouldn't that be a cool story? That's such a good story. So I always think in my next life. Is that life, a thing? The yeah, the cu- Culinary Institute of America. Like, I've go- yeah, I've looked at taking classes there, and it's a little, oh you know, it's gosh. in New York. But I kind of thought, like, that would be a cool story. Now so in my next really chapter, cool. I feel like I may not go there full time because that just would be a lot of work, but I'd love to take some classes there because I just, again, it would be so fun to learn to cook in that way. But going back, when I call it the agency, I mean, the agency for me, I mean, you grow up in Minnesota, you don't really, you can see the movies, you can talk, you know, you can see James Bond, and, you know, there's lots of jokes I can come up with. But I'd say one of the questions I always get is, well, what did you learn on the agency, and how was that transferable to what we would call now the private sector in the business side? And the agency is built on a variety of different um uh, you know, roles. And so I was on the operations side. And so that's really the people who are out there collecting information. You live overseas. And um, I lived in a variety of different countries. And that's that goes back to my global, my world, you know, expanding my lens to the world around us. And so those overseas experiences to me today are really important and have really shaped who I am. And so when I think about the the people you meet, the experiences you have, the risks that you take, how do you bring that back to me today and my do- job today? And part of it is those who know me will know that I'm, I'm a pretty even-tempered person in the sense that, uh, you know, I've because you go through so many experiences that are, are really high risk and um, you come back and you might look through a different lens as you manage a crisis, for instance, every day or at work. You know, nobody's dying, nobody's been shot at, you know, the world's not, you know, you're not influencing public policy. There's different stakes when you're at a company, but sometimes when you come down to the real kind of root of what we're doing, if we are protecting the company, but nobody has gotten hurt, to me, that's a really good thing. So that lens of sort of that calmness that you get from dealing with crises real life is something I take from the agency. The other piece of it is um, assessing people, right? So you go through a lot of training to learn and assess and understand personalities, individuals. You go through training to, um, you know, and that's part of your job is to exploit, if you will, um, certain attributes or certain relationships. But when you come now to the everyday, what that has helped me is 
it allows you to take time to really kind of learn who you're who you're meeting. And so in the business world, always understand your audience. I tell that to people all the time. Whether you're meeting with somebody, whether you're giving a presentation, understand what motivates them to be successful. You know, tailor your approach or your pitch so they um, feel like they connect with you. And that's a lot about making sure you do the homework and you understand who that individual is before you go in and pitch. You're not going to, you know, at the agency, you wouldn't just you know, just go up to somebody and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm with the CIA, come work with me. I mean, you have to understand who they are and what motivates them and why would they actually want to work with you. And part of it, too, is just the, the value of your network and relationships. And so, uh, again, in the, in the intelligence world, information is really, it's, it's your power, right? And how do you get that information? There's multiple different ways. The agency is focused around human information. So you have NSA that's, you know, based on technical information. I'm not giving away state secrets here. But then how do you couple that and come up with the kind of the holistic picture of this maybe individual or uh, usually it's a person that you're looking at? And you can put the same thing into your day-to-day life here, right? So who are the people who uh, you may want to try to engage to help you get to that next phase of where you want to be? How are you – are the people around you helping – are they nurturing you? Are they supporting what you want to do? Can you tap into their network to, again, help launch your next chapter to make you successful? So a lot of the the traits that you learn or the skills you learn um, in the intelligence world, I think, are applicable. Um, and the stories. I mean, probably, you know, we probably don't have enough time to talk about all the stories. People always ask me, we well, Mary. We might have to do episode number two. Yes. Yeah. People always ask, well, Mary, what's your favorite movie or what's your favorite book? And so... I would say that um, I I do like the movie Zero Dark Thirty for a variety of reasons. It, it it won many awards. So there's, I'll just say that there's just some pieces of that that are very close to my heart, and um, um, I have a very unique perspective on some of the things that occurred in that movie. So that would be my one, uh, and I'll leave it with that. Kind of the joke is that. It sounds really kind of fanciful, right? You have, you know, Hollywood and you've got, again, you've got James Bond, you have Vince Flynn, you have Mitch Rapp. And, uh, but I go back to the fact that James Bond never had to fill out an expense report. <laughs> so there's still kind of day-to-day things you have to do and it kind of takes the mystique out of it. But ultimately, I am a patriot. Um, I am proud that I served my country. I think there's a lot of people out there who are doing so much to protect the um, the way of life that we have, and uh, I I believe very strongly in supporting everyone who's giving their time, energy, and sometimes the ultimate sacrifice their life. So, well, thank you for serving our country. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> thank you, Mary. I do have a question, though, Mary. Of course, Steph. Here's my question. I and we ask this of, of a lot of our um, guests that are doing lots of things. Yep. How are you doing all the things? So I yeah. think our listeners often are like, yeah. well, how is she how is she finding enough time in the day to yeah. do all of these things? So I wonder if you could just give yeah. us a couple of tips and tricks that you use. Yeah. Well, she is a mom. Yes, and I'm a wife. A, I'm a mom, I'm a and, wife. You know, all all the things goes yeah. to the grocery store. I mean, yeah. you know, and yeah, how how, Mary? <laughs> so well, my this is not advice. I'm just going to tell you what I 
do, but I'm not saying it's the best thing as I, my, my energy and time is at night. So I'm a night owl. And uh, after all the daily activities are done around 10 o'clock, I'm typically up until, you know, midnight or one o'clock tinkering. Um, and that's my time. So what that means is that my day starts like everyone else early. So I don't sleep enough. But I do catch up on the weekend. But I do tend to use my time. So that's not my advice is that you should go around being sleep deprived. What I would say, though, is it's not perfect. My goodness, I drop balls all the time. And in fact, I'm going to give a very real example recently where I was, it was, I mean, we eat dinner kind of late. And I try to make dinner all the time, but I, I don't cook all the time because it takes so much time sometimes. And I was in the process, I was making, I was beating, right? I was I'm in my zone and I'm beating. And I told my daughter that I would make dinner in a half an hour. And an hour later, she came down and she was, she's like, Mom, what happened to dinner? And I said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I totally lost track of time. And she wasn't mad, but I could tell she was really disappointed. And she just kind of gave me that look of, but you forgot about me. And it broke my heart. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there are times where I have to kind of reprioritize the bracelet thing came, I mean, went from start to finish, it happened really fast. Um, what I'll have to struggle, what I'll have to rethink going forward is if it really takes off and I really do this, you know, there is a demand for this, for the bracelets, which I do hope because it's 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 less about making a brace, the, the sale of the bracelet as it is about building a community of people so they can be connected and they can see. I would love to be able to go into a room and see a total stranger wearing my lava bracelet or any mm. bracelet that I'm making. I, Julie's I wearing one a, right now. I love I that. The Modern Well one. I, I made one for mm -hmm. Modern Well, yeah. <laughs> and so part of it is just stepping back. I have another passion around food. I actually had to stop that project because I knew I couldn't give what it, what it needed right now. So part of this stuff, which you asked, is you know, right now at work, I'm I'm really busy at work, and I'm going to have to, I'm going to be all in. And I'm always all in, but sometimes you have to flex a little bit. Sometimes you have a little more flexibility than others. Um, I have the unique um, ability in my own role is I can kind of dictate my own schedule at work. Not all of us have that flexibility. Uh, and so it kind of ebbs and flows, but you have to know what your limits are, and you have to know when you need to start. When, when's the right time to start and when's the right time to stop? And sometimes I use that a lot in my life. I use the term bookends. And I believe a, the bookends are really important to have because you kind of, you always have a starting point, but you have to know what that other ending point is. You need those boundaries. And the art is in between because you may, you know, using a Julie term, serpentine your way to the bookend, but and it may not be a linear path. And so you may kind of go up and down and it may be kind of some moments might be you might have more progress in a certain initiative, but sometimes something will happen and you have to put it on hold. And so I've had to choose, make certain choices. So I've chosen which boards, for instance, to be a part of. Um, I'm asked, I've been asked to be on several boards and some of them are just, again, I, I can't give, can't give the time, even though I, I like the I, I really believe in the mission of the board. I, I just know right now I'm going to be tapped out. So I don't know if that helps, Steph, but you have it to does. step back and know when what's your limit. 
that's such good advice as, you know, so many of us try, you know, to, to do it all. And it's like, it's like we can do it all maybe, but maybe not all at the same time. Right. Correct. And I do believe those who believe, you know, who who look like they have it all, <laughs> they don't. No. I mean, nobody has it all. No. And I just I guess my words are that it it takes patience. It takes um, strength. It takes compromise to get to the end goal. And you just have to know where to um, kind of plug yourself in and support. I mean, that's really too. I mean, you got to find the right people in your life who support what you're doing too. So we could talk to you all day. Yeah. I mean, I, seriously, <laughs> we might have to do episode number two of Mary's Secrets <laughs> of the CIA or those she's willing to share. Um, I wish our viewers could see the expression that Jules made <laughs> as Mary was talking about the CIA. Oh my gosh. She, Hilarious. I, I love Blacklist. Okay. I, 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 I'm just, I'm a fan and, and just, you know, and having, you know, just knowing Mary and, and it just the multi-dimensional aspect of Mary is so unbelievable. Like Aww. you would meet her and you would never in a million years be like, oh, she was in the CIA. Like she, she <laughs> like, so funny. you know, it's just, I just love that part. It's just like the whole mystery thing is, oh. is, is so cool. And, and just, yeah. And, and I think what's inspiring too, and maybe that's what, what really at the core of it gets me is that like, like anything is possible. hundred percent. You know, like, 100%. like, and I, I think maybe that's what honestly, as I really think about it, like what excites me so much yes. is that just the mo the most kind of far-fetched idea. I mean, I, Mary and I have talked about this, but it's not like she like grew up thinking like, I'm going to be in the CIA. No. Right? right? No. You know? Um, <laughs> and so I think that, you know, to our listeners who are thinking about reinvention and thinking mm -hmm. about what that looks like for them and whether it's, it's big or small moves, that back to creativity, right, Mary? Like you had to open up a kind of creative side in your brain to be like, okay, this this is this CIA path yeah. is opening up to me, yes. and I'm going to explore that. So, along yes. those lines, what like what would advice would you give to people to our listeners who maybe are feeling a little bit stuck, maybe yeah. just aren't feeling as as brave or bold or or even creative, right? Yeah. And and like how how do you kind of like push push to that next? place of of opening up your mind and and mm -hmm. making maybe looking at things differently. Well, I would say the first thing is is to be curious to learn and to learn from others around you, meaning that use your network. It's such an old it's a cliché thing to say, but you know, even just modern well, I think about Julie and Steph and the people in modern well. I can think about all the people I've met at modern well and how they have connected me to one more person who have opened my mind and stretched my mind to think of an issue a different way. So I would say if you have it, use your network, make that coffee, make that Zoom call, and just take 30 minutes to learn. And I that is one thing. I do try to take 30 minutes, and I tell this to my team at work, take 30 minutes of every week to kind of meet someone new or do something new. 
even within my own team, I try to tell people to get outside their silos and learn about what another part of our department does, right? I mean, that's even a stretch, but but that there are people who just are so kind of stuck in their day-to-day. We really need to, in order to be curious or in order to be creative, you kind of have to be curious as well. So make a make a contact. Um, the second thing is, is I would say that it, it, it is sort of taking that risk. There are risks that work and there are risks that don't work. But do your homework, understand sort of what you're trying to, what your objective is out of that, whatever the risk is. Be bold, know kind of who you are and don't compromise who you're, you know, yourself. I'm going to go back to Steph, do you, right? I mean, I love that. Um, and going back to what Julie said early in her early podcast, give yourself permission to actually do that. And so those two things are so when you couple those two things, um, have confidence in yourself. It's taken a long time to, for me to really to have the confidence to know that I can help and maybe inspire others to be bold in the way that they're thinking, because that's not how I always was. And so some of that comes through life experiences, um, but a lot of it comes from just being patient and learning from those around you. And you'll recognize that you're not going to be the only. Mm -hmm. You're in a group of people who are seeking that level of support and engagement. Um, Most people do want to help others to be successful. And to me, the reward is when you see somebody that you've influenced and they kind of take on that next level or they took that risk. To me, that's really rewarding. I love that. Thank you, Mary. That's awesome. Wow. Mary, <laughs> busy, busy woman. Thank yes. you for taking time. Thank you. To talk to us yeah. and bravely sharing your story. And we are so inspired by you and, and all that, and, that you have done, that you're doing, that you will do. Yeah. And we will be following along your journey with you, cheering you on and, um, you're, you're truly an inspiration. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Well, I want to say thank you to Steph and to Julie because her next chapter and how it's impacted my life is that you have started something that I think is so timely, so relevant, and so many people will resonate with. The fact that you're giving women a voice to talk about some of their vulnerabilities, what their hopes and dreams of all these women. I mean, it's amazing. And so I commend both of you for taking the chance and the risk and putting this together, bringing amazing women of our community together. Um, what a what a powerful group, you know. And so thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, Mary. Thank you, Mary. It's so great. I'm so excited that we get to share this story with so many people. So thank you thank for taking you. the time to be with us. Thanks, Mary. See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of hernextchapter.co. You can follow us on Instagram at hernext.chapter. And you can find all of our lovely, fun, fabulous podcasts on all those places where podcasts can be found. Please follow us and give us five stars. We'd be so delighted and tickled. And we hope that you are enjoying your time with us. Last but not least, hernextchapter.co. You can check us out there as well. See you next week.